Imagine having your own podcast on an outlet that sends push notifications to listeners and sends them tips from that episode that also links back to your site, keeps you top of mind, and seen as the expert. Yes, please. I'm so excited to share this brand new Brain Bump app created by Mark Hirschberg. Plus, you'll hear where the future of media is headed. Let's take a listen. So, hey, welcome to the Leverage Your Podcast Show. I'm your host, Lindsay Phillips of smoothbusinesspodcasting.com. My goal is to help you leverage podcasting to skyrocket your visibility, authority, and business by sharing insider secrets from podcast industry experts, including myself, (laughs) who have created a successful business through podcasting. So let's dive in. Hey guys, I have with me today, Mark Hirschberg, and I'll tell you about him in a minute, but I heard you Mark on Samantha Riley's, um, podcast. And not only was I sucked in by your amazing radio voice, (laughs) but you have like been on like 300 podcasts and, um, yeah, you're very well-spoken. You had a lot of great tips. Um, and then as I dug it in deeper, so audience that are listening here, uh, we're not going to be talking about podcast guesting per se, but Mark is actually the creator of the brain bump amp, um, app, sorry. And the author of the career toolkit, essential skills for success that no one taught you, but I'm, we're going to focus on the brain bump app because it is like nothing I've ever seen before. And for podcasters, it will help you content creators. It'll help you. It is the coolest thing. So let's dive in right there, Mark, and tell me what is the brain bump (laughs) and how does it work? When I wrote my book, I recognized there was a problem. So many people read a book and they say, oh, this is great. This is helpful. And then they forget all two weeks later. Mm -hmm. We've all done that with books we read. Thinking, well, that's not good. I want them to remember the content. I'm trying to help them. Now, there was a second motivation, which is I know one of the best ways to sell books is through word of mouth marketing. Mm -hmm. The problem is if people don't remember your book, they're not going to be telling their friends. So both parties, the content creator and content consumer, need to be able to remember the book to help them. So I thought about what can we do to help people remember what's in my book? Now, I mentioned that it began with my book. But this works for books, blogs, podcasts, classes, talks. It's all content, just in different mediums. So we support all of these. So what I recognized is people remember things through what's known as spaced repetition. Fancy name for why you looked at your textbook again before the test. See something multiple times. If we can expose them repeatedly, they'll remember it. And so the Brain Bump app, it's like a cross between a flashcard app a book summary app, and a daily affirmation app. If you put those three together, you'd get brain bump. That's a great description. (laughs) Thank you. All those things exist. And by the way, when I first did this, I thought someone must have done what's brain bump and I'll just go license it. And I was shocked it didn't exist. Hmm. Flashcard apps are great because you can look at them and remember it, but you have to actually open a flashcard app and uh, who wants to actually have to open an app every day? That's annoying. You also don't want to have to create your own flashcards. And while there's flashcards for the SATs, there aren't flashcards for every podcast or book out there. Then it's like a book summary app because you're getting the key ideas from the podcast, from the blog, from the talk, from the book. 
but it's also like a daily affirmation app because you don't have to open it. We have an option to do a push. So here's how it works. We've got the key ideas. They each have a little card in the app and you can use it one of two ways, either just in time. So for example, I have networking tips in my book. Mm -hmm. Where do you read those tips? Sitting on your couch. Where do you need those tips? Right as you're walking into a conference two months later. Yep. So as you're walking to the conference, pull out the app, open it up and get those networking tips, get them just in time as you need it. But now the other type of information is more foundational. I have chapters on management. You're a first time manager. You can't say, oh, I need to manage in two minutes. Yeah, you yeah. need to have this built foundationally. So if every day at 9am, you got a little reminder, as you know, you get that little push. Oh, here's a tip. Look at, swipe it away, done. Each day you get reminded and it builds up in your head. And now here's the key thing. Each one of these tips comes with the source, comes with the podcast it's from, comes with the cover art, comes with a link to it so they can go deeper. They can listen to the episode, but it's also reminding them of your brand. Yeah. And I think it makes people delve into the content more often because it's so easy when you have an ebook or you, you know, opt in for a lead magnet, you start reading it and then you get caught up in life and then, oh, I'll get back to that. And then you, you don't, <laughs> but if you had those little push notifications that gave you little snippets, you're still consuming it. But then you're like, if you have time, you're like, oh, I really want to delve more into that click. And then in you go. And it makes it so much easier for people to engage and consume your content. That's awesome. Well, this is where a lot of content mediums today have an inherent problem. Mm -hmm. And we talked about with the book, with the book, you read it sitting at home, but you need it elsewhere. Right. And so you don't have it when and where you need it. You listen to the podcast today, but it might not be something you're acting on right now. And in fact, the way Brain Bump works, instead of the push model that we have in social media, in books, in broadcast generally... It's a pull model that I am going to pull the relevant information I need right now mm -hmm. that is relevant and meaningful to me. And so it's instantly all useful and relevant because I'm not getting networking tips when I'm walking into the office trying to manage, and right. I'm not getting management tips as I'm walking into that conference. So we can make it timely and relevant for the user. Yeah, that's smart. And like, really we need to hear things over and over and over again for it to a fully process in your head and then for you to apply it. It's like, yes, I've listened to podcasts six months ago and I'm like, oh my God, those ideas are brilliant. I don't remember what they are today, but if I had heard a, a tip periodically or when it comes to mind, I kind of dive into that again, then it's more likely to become a part of my actions, my habits and kind of integrate it into my processes. That's the other problem with media today. If you think about having an episode on a particular topic, let's say leadership, and you're going to tweet about this afternoon, hey, everyone, here's my leadership advice. First, half the people don't even see it because they're not on social media that day. Mm. Even the ones who see it, they say, oh, okay, yeah, leadership, you know what? That's not my issue right now. I'm worried about hiring people or marketing or something else. This isn't relevant and they ignore it. And then they don't go back six months ago 
right? When six months from now, they say, now I need to lead. They don't say, by the way, did she say anything about leadership in the last six months? Let me go through a back catalog. You don't look at prior social media posts. You don't look at what are all those weekly emails that I get that go in my junk folder. Let me scan those. It disappears. It's ephemeral because so much of our media channels, like social media, like email, it's chronologically ordered. And so we don't look at old content, but a lot of what your audience does, it's evergreen content. Mm -hmm. That leadership tip works today, works in six months, works in six years. So we need to not have it ordered chronologically, but ordered categorically so it can be accessed relevantly by the consumer. Now I looked at your, obviously I downloaded the app and all that good stuff. I haven't, you know, discovered all the nuances yet, but um, but I heard you on another podcast say that you can put key, like keywords to your content so that it's like you said, searchable by categories. Did I understand that right? All of the tips. So a tip is something that's typically about one to three sentences in length. Mm. It's what you might highlight in a book. It's a type of audio clip you might pull out from yeah. your podcast. Like, okay, here's what people want to remember, but you can tag them. So just like there are hashtags on social media, we right. allow for tagging. So when I go to that conference, for example, I say networking tips. I don't have to search through all these tips. Yeah. Go, oh, no, that's not networking. That's not it. I go to the categories, go networking. There they are. And I can search one of two ways. Either I can go into a particular content set into, oh, Mark's book. I want to get his networking tips or this podcast. I want to get her networking tips from the show. Or as a content consumer, I might say, you know what? I don't care where it comes from. His book, her show, someone else's blog. I just need networking tips. So I am going to get content. I'm going to get tips across the different content sets. As long as it's tagged networking, that's what I want. So you can go deep within content. If you're trying to refresh yourself on a particular book or podcast, or you can go across if you're concerned with the topic in general. Yeah. That's super handy because, I mean, we all have different things in our lives that are a priority. Leadership may not be a priority for me right now, but when I go hire five more people, all of a sudden it becomes, you know, top of mind, so to speak. Um, So with that, being more topical versus chronological makes way more sense. It's more user-friendly. Exactly. And I really spent a lot of time thinking about what are the needs of the content consumer and what are the needs of the content producer and making sure we satisfy these needs. And for the record, people ask, well, aren't there book summary apps? There are and fantastic and good for them. And I think they have a place and it solves a different need than what this app solves. Well, and I like that you can use like a masterclass and a training that you've done or book or blog, or especially for me, podcasting. Um, now we've kind of touched upon, you know, from a user perspective, how it's helping them. Can we kind of flip the script and think about, okay, as a podcaster, just so we can kind of paint a picture of as a content creator, how and why we'd want to use it. Absolutely. So what are the benefits to you as a content creator? It does a few different things. Often you have some other product or service that you're trying to sell. You're not making money podcasting, most likely. Authors, by the way, don't make much money from book sales. The catch is you can get someone to listen to your podcast. Right now, I said, I have a podcast. Check it out. You might do it. 
you might, we're not talking about the book. If we did, you might say, oh, Mark's book sounds interesting. You'll invest 20 bucks in buying a book. That's not a hard sale. But if you have, if, for example, I was a career coach, I very explicitly don't do that, but that's a common <laughs> step for someone with a book like the Career yeah. Toolkit. I said, oh, and now you should pay me $5,000 for some three months of coaching. So oh, wait a second, Mark, you seem like a nice guy. 20 bucks is one thing, but not 5,000. So how do I move you from being comfortable with $20 to 5,000? Mm -hmm. You need to get to know me. Yeah. You need to listen to me on more shows, read my writing, read the book, read blog posts. Oh, Mark, you have such good advice. And you're building up that brand trust. You're going through that know, like, love process. The app will expose people to your brand on a regular basis and they build up that trust. And remember, they see your content when it's relevant to them and not, oh, this person's always posting on social media. Just, I want to go see my friend's kids. This is yeah, just yeah. in the way. This is always wrong. I start to say, hey, you know what? Lindsay, her, her stuff, it's always helpful. I want to go deeper in that relationship. I want to see what else she has to offer. So that's the first thing. It builds up that brand exposure and trust. The second, it will drive traffic to your back catalog. Yeah. So we talked about the fact that people are, they're looking at your posts from the last few days, but here, when I need that leadership tip, that tip could be from two weeks ago or two months ago or two years ago. Say, so, wow, this is a good tip. I want to hear that episode. I'm going to click through right. and hear your back catalog. We also have insights. Now, I want to be very clear. I do not track user data. My background, I do cybersecurity. I'm a cybersecurity oh, wow. CTO. I am very respectful of people's privacy. And so we're not tracking users, okay. but we do track aggregate usage. So we see, for example, how much a particular tip has been favorited oh, or shared. And you can see, I have all these episodes, all these tips. You know, the most popular tips of mine are all about this particular topic. Right oh, that's insightful. That's what my audience wants. So I'm going to do more shows or generate more content. Absolutely. So we give you those insights. Yeah, that kind of data is key. Um, and to know what your audience wants to hear and just do more of it, it, it seems like a no-brainer. Um, and I love that, um, and I know you're a proponent of this, is repurposing content. Again, whether it's a book or a podcast, it's just another way of, I call them snackable bites, but pulling little pieces out of your content that is easily consumable for other people. That's exactly right. <clears throat> we have our show and our show is a very specific format and way to engage with that content. But of course, we put out audio clips, for example, on social media. We might turn that episode into a blog post for people who like to read. So you're basically taking the same content and for just marginal extra effort, yeah. you're providing it in more ways. Just like an author, for example, I've got a written book. Now, I don't have an audio book for various reasons, but lots of people do. Yeah. It's not that I had to come up with brilliant new ideas. We just had to have it read. And certain people prefer getting the content that way. Yeah. So we always want to repurpose our content. And what's great is BrainBump does that and does it in a way that is very relatable to others. So again, those posts on social media, well, if you've already been doing that for your show, or you might have key quotes that you put in your show notes, 
great, you can put that in the app. If you haven't done that, well, when you generate the tips for the app, well, now you've got your social media posts for the next six yeah, months. Yeah. This is your content. Use it there. Use it in your email signatures. Use it in other places. So the content here is not just for brain bump. Yeah. It is useful in multiple channels. I love reusing stuff and killing two birds with one stone. It's like super efficient. It makes my day. Now, as what's that? Here's another great tip, if I may. Yeah. When you have a set of tips, here's something most people don't do because they think about the social media. Take your 50 best tips, 100 best tips. You can turn that into a lead funnel. You can now put on your website 100 best tips from my first 100 shows. Mm. And then, of course, you get it with an email. And that's the same content. Those 100 tips, they're also on the app. But now you get another use out of them. How easy is that? Yes, reusing is the best. Um, so as a podcaster, how do like do I put my whole show on there or episodes separately? Like how like my brain is always logistically. How do I put my stuff on there <laughs> to share? We take the same amount of effort as getting on social media, although we do it in a perhaps slightly different order. So if you think about social media, you typically say, okay, I'm going to start and each week I am going to do a tweet and it builds up over time. What we do with Brain Bump is we front load that. So let me give you the example of my book, but then we'll look at podcasts. With my book, I took all those tips out at once. I sat down. It took me about two hours Mm -hmm. and typically takes about one to three hours or so. And you generate all that and I upload it. So instead of doing two minutes per week for the rest of the year, I did upfront. But the good news is I never have to go back and do it again. Right. I don't have to think, oh, did I tweet lately if I posted something? Because every day Brain Bump is surfacing a tip from my book Mm. to an audience member who is looking for that advice right then and there. Now with the podcast, you have a back catalog and you have go forward content. So the go forward content Each week, you take another 60 seconds to say what I just put on Instagram or Twitter. I'm also going to go into the server, the Brain Bump server, and just fill out, here's the tip, here's the episode it's from, here's the tags, done. 30, 60 seconds. Oh, that's easy. For your your back catalog, you can do that all at once. And we make it easy by just giving you a spreadsheet template. Just fill out a simple spreadsheet, one tip per line, fill that out, upload to the server, and you're done. Sweet deal. And now if you have, I've got people who have a thousand back episodes. Oh, wow. You you yeah. don't have to do all thousand. No, no. Typically people are doing more recent episodes, maybe their last 50, or they take, here are some of my most popular episodes. Yeah. And then on a go forward basis, they just do the, the tip or two on a go forward basis. If even that is too much, two other things you can do is just say, I'm going to start on a go forward basis. Now we do have a a floor. You need a minimum number of tips to be on it. But after a couple months, we require at least 25 tips because if the user, if the user shows up and says, Hey, I add this podcast, but there's only two tips. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. This is lame. So we have a floor of 25. So you just say, you know what? I'm getting one or two per episode. So if I do this, however long it takes me to generate, 12 to 25 episodes to yeah. generate a set of 25 tips. 
okay, and now I'm ready to go live. So you can do it over time if you want. We also have, we use this more with authors. Some authors say, I don't have time to go through my book and pull it out. I'm super busy. There are folks we've worked with on Upwork who will do it $20, $30. They'll go through a book, pull out those highlights for you. Nice. And if you have transcripts from your show yeah. for a similar price, they can do that for you yeah, as yeah. well. For sure. That's a great idea. Um, I had a question and it came and went, oh, what is there like a character count for each tip? Right now we are going up to 2000 characters, oh, which quite, is yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking 2000 is probably too many. Yeah. Now I've built a lot of tech companies. And one thing I've learned is put as few restrictions as possible early on to see how people are using it. Smart. If it turns out that people don't want one to three sentence tips. They really want a whole paragraph. Right. I don't think they do, but if it turns out they do, well, then we're going to go in that direction. So yeah. we try not to do a lot of restrictions. I generally encourage people to do the shorter snackable tips, yeah, as you call agreed. them. Agreed. But we'll see over time where it goes. We may adjust that in the future. Yeah. But sometimes you say you have a tip, but then there's like five bullets or something and the way you want to organize it, you kind of need that character count. So that's perfect. Um, yeah. And for podcasters out there that are hosting, that are interviewing and doing solo episodes. Um, I know for me personally, I would probably do like some interview ones, but it's a good way for me to highlight my expertise as well. So to kind of do the tips that are just inherent from me, or if I have a certain perspective on a podcast interview that I've done, um, that really resonated, kind of giving my perspective and, you know, two cents on it, so to speak. You can do it either way. You can have, <clears throat> if it's just you and there's no guests, it can just all be your yeah. tips. If there are guests, you can do your advice or guest advice or both advice. It's whatever you feel is providing value to your audience True. on Brain Bump. Do what works for you and them. Yeah it's great to have all those options. So how would I share it with others to say, Hey, you know, come sign up for brain bump so that you can, you know, consume my tips or, or whatever. Do you have, um, like certain call to actions that you would prefer people to use? We make it very easy to share this because of course you want to get this in the hands of as many people as possible. Yeah. We use extensively QR codes. So each piece of content, so content refers to the book, yep. the podcast as a whole, not an episode, but the whole podcast okay. or the blog, not a post, but the whole blog. So each content or content set has a unique URL and corresponding QR code. Now you can use those in your show notes, in emails, social media, Ooh, yeah. talk slides. You can put all sorts of places. When someone clicks that link, or snaps the QR code, mm -hmm. and the QR code is unique to your content, and the link right. is unique to your content, when they click it or snap it, if they don't have the app, which many won't at first, we direct them to the BrainBump, it's brainbumpapp.com, mm -hmm. that's our website, brainbumpapp.com, and from there, they can click through to Android or Apple and go download the free app, yeah. so we'll get them the app. Once they have the app installed, if they click that same link or snap that same QR code, it instantly adds your content. They don't have to search through to find it. Right. Within the app, if, for example, I have your podcast on my app 
and I'm telling a friend, hey, there is a great podcast you need to listen to from within the Brain Bump app, I can send my friend the link or the QR code. Ooh. So if we're standing next to each other, I'll just show the QR code. Yeah, yeah. If I'm texting this person, you don't want to text a link because you can't, can't uh, you don't want to text a QR code because no, you can't snap yeah. it. So I'll send them the link and they can just click it and follow through. One of my favorite uses, many of our creators, we have a lot of authors who do speaking and I know some podcasters do as well. You'll go into a company and you'll do your talk. Now on the last page, you always have, thank you. And here's my contact information if you have questions. This is a great place to put the QR code. Right. So at the end of my talk, I say, by the way, do you want to remember all the things Ooh. we just covered in this hour? Go, yeah. Okay, pull out your phone, snap once. Okay, go download the app, snap that QR code a second time. Yeah. They've added the content, they get reminded every day. And then a week later, I'll get a call from the person who brought me in and she'll say, This is amazing. Usually they go to the talk and then it's over. It's been a week and everyone is still discussing. You're still all top of ideas. mind. Absolutely. Exactly. And that's what this app is for it's to help keep you top of mind even when they're done with the episode, done with the book, done with the talk. That is so cool. And then, so as a user of the app um, versus the content creator, then um, I saw the little heart. So I can favorite, what happens when I mark them as favorites? You can save to favorites. And we also let you just go to your favorites. Yeah. I mentioned the two ways to find things, the tags by set, within the set or by topic, you can also just go to your favorites. You know, these are my my 10 tips I always like to go back to. Right. Great. So you can save your favorites. We also have at the bottom, we have a social media share. I saw now, that. this is one of my favorite features. This is like a cross between Canva okay. and Bartlett's famous quotations, hmm. only it's your quotes. It's your content so when I see some content, we know people love to share quotes on social yes. media and they do so typically as an image, but it's just the words on some square block. Yeah. That's it. And they might share a quote from you and not even know it's from you. Right. <laughs> they don't know your name. So there's a good quote. Even if they know it's from you, they probably didn't put your name or if they put your name, it's just your name and not your brand. Right. Or website. So, or website. So with this tool... What they can do is the content consumer says, I love this quote. I want to share it with my friends. So they click the share button. They can configure it. They can change the colors and the font and do adjustments and make it look pretty. It comes with your branding. It will have your name, the name of your podcast. It will have your cover image. That's all built in. So when it gets shared, they see all that. Now the user, the, the user of the app can include other things optionally. First, they can include the text and or the link in the post. Yeah. We know they might say, oh, I'm sharing on LinkedIn. And I know LinkedIn penalizes you for links, so I don't want to share it. Or they might say, oh, it's Facebook and I do want to share the link. So it's right. up to them, up to the content consumer if they want to share it or not. The other thing they can do if the content creator, if the podcaster gave us her handles or social media handles, then the app will allow the content consumer, the person using the app to tag mm. the podcaster in that post. And now when someone shares your quote, 
you are tagged, you can engage in that conversation. Yeah, yeah. Because one of the hardest things for podcasters, you don't usually talk directly to your audience. No, or know who's listening sometimes. Exactly. So now you can see these are your fans. And if, for example, they share a quote, you can jump in and say, oh, you know, funny story about how this came about. And you give yeah. some backstory and really engage with your fans. I love that. You're making me think of different reasons and ways of using it. Because at first I was like, okay, I get it. But like once you kind of talk it out and there's just, yeah, so many different ways to use it to your advantage as a podcaster. Here's I'm excited to get to this started, Mark. I'm excited to have you. Let <laughs> me share one other idea. Yeah. In social media, there is the 60-30-10 rule. Now this, I'm not a social media expert. This is what I've been told. 60% of your content should be yours. Yeah. Here's an episode. Here's a thought, a blog post or something I generated for you, the audience. 10% can be selling. Hey, buy my new book, sign mm -hmm. up for my course, whatever it is. 30% should be content for your audience, not selling, but not from you. Mm -hmm. And this is where we share articles or we retweet or, hey, my friend had this really great insight. Yeah. But that takes some effort to find. The app automatically does that for you. You might That's be thinking, true. again, I'm I'm a leadership expert. And you know, I haven't posted in a couple of days. I, I need to come up with something leadership. And I, I should pull in someone else's content. I open the app. I go to the leadership tag. Well, there's a bunch of tips. I like this one. And in seconds, I can format and share a great tip from a fellow podcaster and I satisfy the needs of my audience. I help yeah. out another podcaster and it's done in seconds. And so easy. And I did know the the concept of sharing other people's stuff. I didn't realize it was as much as 30%. Um, but I, yeah, I love sharing other people's tips. A, if, I, if it resonates with me and I find it useful, then of course it's going to be useful to someone else. So why not serve them at a higher level? Exactly. So we put all, we're not trying to be a full Canva or Buffer, yeah. any of those, but we have some of the basic functionality. And unlike those, we have the content. Those have a lot more templates and formats. So you can do yeah. beautiful things there, but they don't have the content. And this is where, this is the Bartlett's famous quotation part that's tied into it, that we've got all these great quotes. Yeah, that is the coolest thing. So um, how long have you had Brain Bump for now? When did you create we, it? We launched it in October. I began working on this. I had a prototype I was working on back in 2021 is when I think I started building the prototype. Yeah, so and very the recent. Idea, the idea goes back to 2020. I think we filed a patent. We filed the provisional patent in 2020. We did the prototype in 2021. So I built a version that was just for my book to see yeah, will people sure. use it? Is it working? Do they like it? What do we need? And then we built the general version, Brain Bump, that supports everyone's content. We've been working on that since the beginning of this year. We went public in October and we've been growing wow. ever since. That's amazing. Congratulations. That's fast. Thank you. Yeah. It's Years of experience building tech products. Yes, let me, that's your <laughs> let world. Me get to this directly. Yeah. So, what's in for the future of Brain Bump? I'm sure you have a ton of different ideas. We have a giant roadmap of feature functionality. Ooh. 
but we certainly want if you if you're a user either as a content creator or content consumer yeah. please let us know what you want because that's going to help us prioritize yeah. getting that type of feedback and you can give us feedback right in the app oh, okay. or you can go to our website but the big thing is getting more content and of course more users yeah content wise now we started with primarily business and personal development so it might be entrepreneurship, marketing, yeah. startups, leadership. And the reason we started with one category is, of course, you don't want someone coming on saying, I need marriage advice, and they only see one podcast on and say, oh, this isn't oriented for me. Yeah. So all of our content, at the time we're recording, we're just business generally. All of our content and all of our users are looking for that one thing. Right. We're going to be expanding in 2023 two other categories like health and wellness, like relationships, all these other categories. And so as soon as we get enough content where we feel it's yeah. not just going to look like a ghost town with one or two things and tumbleweeds, we're going to launch the vertical. Yeah, that would be great, especially in the health and wellness, um, A, because it's so prevalent out there. But to get those kinds of tips as a user on a regular basis you know, whether it's your mental well-being or health or, you know, nutrition, whatever, like that would be so useful. And of course, it's, there's so many podcasters in that space, too. So it's like double good. <laughs> it's the same issue that if you're listening to the podcast about how to deal with stress, you're probably doing so while you're at the gym or in the car. Mm -hmm. It's when you walk out of a meeting at four in the afternoon and you're ready to strangle your coworker that you need that almost quick hit of, yeah. okay, what are the de-stress techniques? Right. And you're not going to listen to the whole podcast. You need to get, like, pull out those relevant pieces. Yeah. So you have the same challenge. And by the way, folks who come in, it's, you're saying, wait, he doesn't have this content yet. We don't, but you're going to be the first on the platform. If you come in with health and wellness, we haven't launched yet. But if you get us your stuff or say, hey, I'm ready, let me know when you're about mm. to launch, get my stuff going. When we do launch, you're going to be the first on the platform. Oh, yeah. And of course, we'll eventually roll out. We don't have it yet. We'll have leaderboards. Ooh. Well, who's going to be top of the leaderboard? The people who come on first. Yeah, You'll yeah. You'll get a virtuous cycle. So there's incentives for people to come on early, whether you're in business. We have some content, but still early. You can imagine how big we're going to grow over the years yeah. or one of our new categories come on early and you're going to be at the top of that virtuous cycle. We're going to get you to the top of the leaderboard. Yeah. That's good to know. <laughs> I'll be in early. Woo! Um, so where do you see the future of media? Media in general, I think needs to change. We've, we've hinted at why. And it's the fact that where we need information isn't where we read information. Mm. They are distinct. And so we need to create tools that give us content in a context-dependent way. If you think about Google Glass, there are certain sociological problems with Google Glass, but the premise, and I'm using Google Glass as an example, this is AR, augmented reality in general. The whole idea is that I'm walking down the street and I see you. I go, ah, oh, um... What, what's her name again? And there it is. There, oh, it's Lindsay. 
And then it shows me the last time I emailed you was last June, and it was about this topic. Maybe you said your mother wasn't feeling well. So I said, oh, Lindsay, how are you? How's your mother doing? Or it notes that you just had your anniversary two days ago. It gives me information that's relevant to the situation I am in. Brain bump is the first step in this direction, but we're going to see more and more tools far more sophisticated than brain bump, I'm sure, that will help people get contextually relevant information. Mm -hmm. And all of us who are content creators, we need to think about our content, not in the traditional linear formats, right. my book, first page to last, my episode, first mm -hmm. second to last. We need to think about other ways where they can access it in non-linear formats that are relevant for specific circumstances. I love that. And you're so right. People want what they want when they want it. <laughs> but like, but even in books, sometimes like they'll skip to the seventh chapter because that's what's relevant to them right then and there. So kind of, yeah, same kind of idea. That's so that's, that's actually good. how I wrote my book. I've got 10 chapters, yeah. 10 skills. I say right in the introduction, you want to get better at networking? Go right to chapter eight, yeah. skip chapter seven. The reason I called it a toolkit, pick up the tool when you need it. Put it down, grab another one. And we need more content, more of our nonfiction content. And there's things we can do with fiction, but fiction you're more likely to read first page to yeah. last. But we need more of our content to act like tools that we can grab when and where we need it. Yeah. I love it. So exciting to see um, what'll come. And I am totally excited to put my podcast on there and and share it. And I'll share it with you, Mark, when I'm done. <laughs> I'll get you to critique it. <laughs> I am looking forward to that. <laughs> awesome. So remind everyone where they can go to get the app as a user. And oh, I know, quick question. Do you need a different account for a content creator versus user or it's one and the same? Good question. The content consumers have no accounts. Okay. We will later have that functionality and have, there's a bunch of things we want to do. But we're being very careful. As I mentioned, we do not want to track user data. Right. There will be a way in the future where we'll let users opt in to do certain things, but we want to get that right. So there's no content consumer account. There is a content creator account that you need to get your content on the server. Gotcha. Okay. And if you go to the website, if you go to brainbumpapp.com, now you can go direct to the app stores, uh, just as a side note. Apple screwed up and it's brain bump without a space. It is brain bump with a space on Android. That's the correct way. Yeah. I've been fighting with Apple for six months, trying to get them to change it <laughs> and they don't. Oh, yeah, so yeah. this is why we say drive people to the website, yeah. brainbumpapp.com. If you go to the website, you can follow the links to download the free app. If you are a content creator, there is a form. If you go down to the bottom of the page, there's a form. Click that. It takes 30 seconds. It just gives me your email, tells me sometimes they're good to me, tells me a little about what content you have. Okay. And we'll jump on a call and we'll get you through the process. All right. So content creators and content consumers go to brainbumpapp.com. If you're just curious about the philosophy behind it, yeah. you can go to Cognosco Media, C-O-G-N-O-S-C-O, cognoscomedia.com. If you read the articles or listen to other podcasts I've been on, you can hear more about the future of media and where we're going. Yeah. So exciting. Congratulations again. I'm really excited to see um, where this goes and get more people on it. Fantastic. Thank you yeah. for having me on the show.
Thanks for sharing it. All right. See you guys. And that is a wrap for this episode of the Leverage Your Podcast Show. What is your next step? Head to leverageyourpodcastshow.com to listen to more episodes to get more insider secrets. And if you are now itching to take advantage of the power of podcasting and launch your own podcast, be sure to grab my free launch guide at launchyourpodcastguide.com. We'll see you soon.